Welcome to the Seriously Podcast. I'm your host, Annalise Gann. Now let's get into it. Welcome to the Seriously Podcast, where we make light of serious conversations with really interesting people. This week, we are speaking to Rose Oates. Rose is a body acceptance and self-worth advocate, as well as an influencer, wife, and mum of four beautiful girls. Having close to 30,000 Instagram followers, Rose inspires women to love the raw, unedited version of themselves and encourages everyone, no matter who they are, to see their worth at any stage of life. It was so great to catch up and talk about all things body image, self-worth and her life behind Instagram. Here's our chat. Welcome back to the Seriously Podcast. This week, we have welcomed in the studio, Rose Oates. Hi, Annalise. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming in. I'm so happy that you're here. Firstly, Rose, you've worked with clients like Priceline, Infamous Swim and Emma Mattress. And every time I go out with you, someone (laughs) recognises you like they are so excited. You do have that fame element about you. Like I remember when I first met you and I was like, oh, my God, I'm a little bit intimidated in a good way. Oh, my God. I never think of myself like that. So it's weird hearing someone say that. So when someone says to me, oh, I I don't want to come up to you, I'm like, well, I don't really. Does it happen a lot, though? It does happen a lot, considering. Yeah. Like, I just think of myself as just, like, I don't know, just an everyday Joe. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, it does. I suppose Perth is small. Yeah. And um, I've lived here my whole life. So, yeah. I don't know. So I'm like, I'm awkward now. <laughs> yeah, you've got a massive fan base. So you've got nearly 30,000 Instagram followers. Yeah. You have your own blog. And also, you're just an all-round amazing chick. But, like, has the Instagram success been quick or do you think it's been, like, a slow rise mm. to success? I think it's probably been, like, a slow but steady rise and probably why I, don't, I didn't understand at first what it was sort of all about. So I think I got to 10,000 followers and I was like, I didn't even think, I was like, yeah, cool, that's great. But I didn't really have a concept of what it could do for me or where it could go. Um, and then growing it sometimes that can get overwhelming obviously you're getting paid now and you know you've got responsibility and people put a lot of you know shit on you like they're like oh you know you should be funding this and putting a voice to this and that and you're like whoa so it it has been a slow burn and a learning journey at the same time so can um, you remember the first client that you worked with like your first paid client you know, I probably – I don't know if I can. Oh, really? I can't remember my first paid client. That, 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 that sounds bad. Um, you start with – like I started with the gifting and I did a lot of small yeah. business because it was important to me and a lot of them, you know, they want to put their name out there but they don't have the funds and I was happy to do it. And a lot of the times I was already buying from these places or mm-hmm. I feel like that's what the original influencer did. They – used the product, they brought it with their own money and then they spoke about it. And I suppose that's how I started and grew mm-hmm. because I had I, – I would say I buy 98% of the stuff that I talk about. Yeah, you do. Yeah. And I – when we've hung out, I've seen you wear the clothes that you actually – like you actually go in and buy them yourself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which people were so shocked about when you're an influencer. So can you take me back to life before – being Rose Oates, the brand, because you were a PT. Yeah, for I started PT when I was 18. So I've done a lot of jobs. I think during 
my time. Um, I am a, I've been a PT since I was 18, loved it, loved sport, very heavily into like sport. And I, you know, I, I thought that was going to be my path. I thought I was going to go to the Olympics and, oh. you know, I had a completely different path in my head. And then next minute, I'm a mum okay. <laughs> and, you know, life happens. I suppose there was so much happening, so much I've done in the past. Um, I do interiors. I owned a small business for five years, had a home decor online business and that's really where I started Instagram and how I understood it like the aesthetic side of it because I've seen your early Instagram pics and they're very like home styling you just get it like I can't do that I don't know how people do that like you have a skill for it that's how I got into Instagram so when I built my homewares business I built it from the scratch like I did the Shopify myself the website myself I learned everything I did a social media course thinking oh this will be great You know what I mean? I don't have heaps of funds for marketing and all of this stuff. So I learned how to build a social media following and I launched after I built the following. So I basically just had a page going and then I launched the brand and I sold out in my first week. So it was insane, but I also didn't understand the power of social media till that week and then I was completely unprepared for it and so that was a journey in itself. So what was the product you sold out of? The I sold my whole store, my whole store sold out in the first week. So it was <laughs> This home- is Rose's effect on people by the way. <laughs> so it was I had homewares and decor so I just curated art and um, decor pieces and you know just small things that I loved and I thought that was going to be a great build to the home just anything that I could ship out so I had to work out how to ship everything so it was like small rugs and cushions and all of that and I just really didn't think I was going to sell out in the first week but then realized the power of Instagram the power of social media and Facebook so I never paid for any advertising yeah, true. Yeah. At all. It was all done through socials. And then once I sold the business after five years, I continued. So I had clients that were like, well, can you do my home? Can you source this product for me, Rose? Or can you get me wholesale for this, that and the other? And that's where the home styling and staging came in that I am still doing to this day. And also... Um, how I learned about Instagram and people were saying, oh, can you run my business Instagram for me? Oh, so you're doing some management as well. Yeah. So at the time it wasn't even called that. You just, I was just like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it for like a hundred bucks a week, whatever. Like I'll do it for, you know, I had no idea. So started that and I think why not start my own? So I started putting a little bit more time into my own Instagram for the personal side and that's where it kind of grew. So there's a whole backstory behind how it came to be. And you post very uplifting and relatable content, um, especially it's very mum-centric. Yeah. And when you had your first few kids, because your kids have an age gap. Yeah. <laughs> can you can you firstly tell us what is the age gap with your kids? How many do you have? I've yeah. already said four, but <laughs> I know you have a stepson as well. I do, I do. So Craig became a young dad at 19. So I was a stepmom straight away. So I was 20 when I, 20 when I met Craig and... So he is 23 now, 23. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, oh my I thought God. you meant Craig. Then no, I was like, no. Yeah, my yeah, stepson. No, so I have a stepson mm-hmm. and I have four daughters. So I've got Indy, Scarlett, Octavia and Esme. So they are four, 15 in September, 12 and a half, three and a half and two and a half. There is a big age gap, but life happens. 
Yeah. In between. So how big is that? Is that like eight years? But yeah, there is a big age gap, but a lot of stuff happened in between. So yeah. Yeah. Because like being a mom, like I always look at your page and I always think you're very successful. You have a very big manager who's on the East Coast. You're very well known and you have kids and you have a lot going on. How do you do it all? Like there is no like secret formula. I think it's hard having one one kid some some mums come to me and go oh my god I'm so embarrassed like I've just got one and I can't cope and you've got four mm. and I'm like no don't underestimate yourself like one is hard one wants you 24 7 they are at you they only have you mm-hmm. and I think a couple <laughs> they kind of help each other entertain each other to a point um I do also have the big age gap which mm. a lot of people judge why 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 does it make a difference in fact, for me, does really help. So the older two can help a little bit more. They're self-sufficient. They come with their own set of problems. <laughs> like I've got teenagers and toddlers, guys. It is hard. It is full on. Um, but I think doing it all, uh, it isn't – We don't. no one does it all. I never do it all. So when I'm excelling in my career – um, on Instagram, I've got all my collaborations going all at once. You know, obviously my family life and my home life is going to be taking a hit. And when I'm doing all the mum things, I'm at the sport and the swimming and doing all the lunches and doing all the good stuff, my career and my work is taking a hit. So it's not about doing it all. It's about the weird balance it's a weird balance Mm. like I don't ever believe in true balance and I've said this before and written about it before balance is about for me in life that sometimes one thing's going to take up more of your time and one thing's going to you know whatever's priority at the moment is going to take up more of that time and it's totally fine we beat ourselves up so much overthinking oh you know I'm not getting this done at work um, and then I'm a crap mum and you're trying to be the best mum and the best at work and the best freaking partner and, you know, having sex and looking hot and going to the gym. You know what? We can't do it all at once, but we can have all, just not at the same time. That's like very much of like how I've been taught, like the 80-20 rule. Like when you go to work, you should only work as hard as 80%. Yeah. Because that's what everyone else is giving. (laughs) That other 20, they're taking lunch breaks, they're taking coffee break, they're taking a smoke break. That's kind of like the same thing. And I feel like... As an influencer and as a mum, like, you do need help. Being open to help. Yep. Because, like, for example, for me as well, like, I couldn't do this without my partner's help. Exactly. And, like, that's the thing. And a lot of people think, oh, they make it look so easy. Like, we're paid to do that. Yep. <laughs> it's it's our job as well. So, yeah. which sometimes at home makes it even harder because I'm trying to juggle my, my work and my job and being a parent and... I think this is also a thing that really I'm really, really passionate about is online is not real. Mm-hmm. Even me, even you, mm-hmm. what we see is what we want to give. Mm-hmm. Even the pain, the people that are like putting their pain points up all the time or their best points up all the time, that's – you're only seeing 80, not even. Maybe you're only seeing the 10% of what they want you to see. Yes. The rest is behind the scenes. You know what? I say ask for as much help as you can get. Mm-hmm. I never used to. Oh, really? No, so I'm, it's a new thing. I'm still terrible at it. Oh, really? I'm still terrible asking for help. But I become 
burnt out. So I go into a circle, a cycle of burnouts. So I want to do it all. I've strong. I wanted to be that person that did it all, have mm-hmm. it all together, and can do it on her own. So a sense of pride, maybe from my from growing up. I think. Yeah, but it does take an army of help. Like even for my life, and I don't even have kids. I I do a lot of stuff, and it's because I have help. I outsource a cleaner. I you know things like that. That you can't do everything. And I I think that's the best thing. And you've learned earlier than me outsourcing buying the robo back <laughs> i got myself I a robo back <laughs> i got myself a robo back all those stupid things that you know they make a difference that takes out like 15 20 minutes of my day instead of me coming home and looking at my floors and trying to procrastinate because that's the thing i do as well i'm like yeah oh i better sweep the floor instead of doing what yeah. i need to do <laughs> and i love that you learned it earlier than me yeah i have learned it early can we talk about body image we can. So, you know, I'm a plus size model. Mm-hmm. So I'm very confident in my own skin, but I've had my ups and downs as we all do. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of my body issues in my adult life have stemmed from childhood. Yep. Do you relate to that at all? Like, can you take me back to your childhood? Have you had body image issues or like, because you promote body acceptance? Yeah. What What, what is that like for you when you were younger? I think most of our body image issues this is just personal, come from our childhood. People DMing me, talking, conversations with with a lot of people, a lot of people, and I've been a PT for like many, many, many years. Body image does not affect one body type, one gender, nothing. Like it doesn't matter who you are, whether you're big or whether you're small, body image affects people. And often it starts from young. Um, I definitely relate to it starting young because – being in a family that is male dominated as well. Um, I have a beautiful family, everything like that, but things were different for the boys and the girls and girls should dress a certain way compared to the boys and girls have certain roles, blah, 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 blah. And then going into school, you know, the dress, the dress sense, you know, seeing magazines. So I grew up with like Dolly magazine, Cosmos, all of that sort of stuff. Mm. Everything was airbrushed. Everything was based around our appearance. Everything was what can the woman do for the guy? You know, how can we lose five kilos in 10 days? Mm. So you take that in and you take it in young. You know what I mean? So also being in the fitness industry and in sport, when I was doing high-level sport, it was not as like monitored. So if you needed to lose weight to run faster, get it done. Really? Yeah. It wasn't as, um, you know, nutritionally packed. Um, There wasn't people coaching you for that side of things. And obviously when you are really high in sport, you're often starting quite young. Mm -hmm. All of that affects you and you take it on board. Along with trauma, I think for me, I've taken some of that trauma and used it against my body. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, body acceptance is a huge huge pain point for me it is a huge passion of mine I never want people to feel the way I felt and this is why I started doing what I did Mm -hmm. I want to ask a few things about high level sport that you just brought up yep so can you tell everyone what sport you were doing and I want to ask at that level even though it's meant to be about performance does it become in a way about aesthetics as well absolutely like that's what I want to know because I see it all the time with swimmers and 
gymnasts yeah. and dancers. Yeah. They're very attractive. They're very fit. Yeah. Like, wh- wh- where's the line? It becomes part of your identity. So mm. I was, uh, I played basketball and then started running mm-hmm. and triathlon, had a coach for that, was really, really doing quite well, quite successful. Um, but yes, so you do take it as, it becomes a part of who you are. Mm-hmm. So, and the body comes a, a part of that, a part and parcel with that. And I think as well, going into PT after I leave school at the same, roughly around that same time, oh my God, how old am I now? <laughs> I'm 38 now. Mm-hmm. I was 18 at the time. That's quite a few years ago now. Mm-hmm. When you went into that profession, it was all about aesthetics. Your body was your business card. Oh, really? Yeah. So as a PT, and even now, mm. the PTs online, the PTs, the influencers, the fit, fit, is it, what is it? Fit influencers? Fit influencers yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Um, they are looked at for their body. Mm. There's pressure there. So if you don't look good, how are you supposed to tell me how to lose weight? How are you supposed to get my body in shape if you can't get yours in? Mm. I remember one of my, um, I was at work one day and one of my mentors came in to where I worked at the gym and said to my boss, do your uh, PTs work out? Oh, referring to me. What? Because I, for some reason, and I was very fit. I had bloody abs at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, My boss decided to tell me that. He's like, oh, you know, you can use the gym anytime. Yeah. You're like, I do. I'm here every day. I was day. like, I'm here every I day. Work here. I work <laughs> here. Like, I'm fit. <laughs> I am fit. But I was also, remember, body types are also fashionable. So through the mm-hmm. decades, you've seen there's different body types. Like, at, when I was growing up, it was like Kate Moss, yeah. stick thin. You did not want a booty. You Gaunt. didn't want muscle. You didn't want a muscle. Mm-hmm. You didn't. Now, then there became Kim Kardashian. Everyone wants a small waist, a big ass. Mm-hmm. You know, they're doing squats for days. You know, <laughs> I was like, I'm in fashion now. I was <laughs> like, honey. I'm suddenly in fashion. Oh, my God, my booty's in fashion. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, aesthetics you know, are part of that part and parcel of they become a, an identity thing. So in my sport, definitely pressure there. In my job, huge amount of pressure and yeah, it, it stemmed from there. My body issues a lot grew. It was fostered. It festered up and got worse then. I, I can relate because yeah. I started modelling like very young and it's a similar thing with sport I feel. But can I ask you about like right now? Yeah. Because you're very like you're a public figure. Mm-hmm. You're always online like posting about your life and yourself as I, am I and a lot of influencers. Do you ever feel pressure to look a certain way now? Or are you just like, this is me? Like, oh, a lot of that has gone. Okay. I'm really comfortable I love that. getting online, but I'd be lying if I said I didn't feel it sometimes still. Mm-hmm. I'd absolutely be lying to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if you're in the same boat. Like, occasionally, do you just get that little. Oh. All the time. Yeah, <laughs> actually. Yeah, I know. I, Let's be real. I think, I think if you work with your in the public eye and you're always presenting your image, you're probably more insecure than the normal person. Yeah. Than the average person who doesn't do that. Because you're constantly critiquing your look. 
Because you're you constantly have to. having to look at it as you well. You have to. And yeah. I, I get sick of looking at myself. I'm like, oh, go away. You I, know, know, I, just... I don't want to hear myself. I don't even want to hear my own voice. This is making me like you see yourself. and But, yeah, it definitely crops up. Yeah. Oh, my God. There are some days where I feel so good and I'm just like shaking it because I know we've all got wobbles and jiggles and stretch marks and or whatever it is for you. But at the same time, there are days where I still have poor body image days. I'm like human. I might try some yeah. jeans on and I'm like, for fuck's sake. Mm-hmm. Like, and it, it gets to me or I see myself online and I cringe. And that's just a part of me that I'm still working through. And I've never lied about that. I think it's a journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate saying that, but like, it's a journey. <laughs> it is. It is. It's going to be work in progress. Like you can't undo years and years of society's freaking pressure. And it's still there today. There's so much pressure on women, especially, and our appearance and our bodies and to do it all like we were talking about before. Mm -hmm. And with saying that, I want to ask, you've spoken a lot about mental health. We've spoken about it personally, in person. I want to ask... How are you doing personally and what is your reasoning for being open with mental health online? Because we've got to break taboos about bodies, about mental health. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not something that's just cropped up. It's not a new thing. Hundreds and hundreds of people suffer with it, yet they feel alone because we're not talking about it, because we're not making it, we're not normalising it. It happens. Every one of us knows someone that's dealt with mental health in some capacity. You and I both. Um, I love talking about it, even though it's hard, like, because I feel it's nothing to be ashamed of. I'm a human. I'm navigating life. I'm going to have things crop up. I don't know how to deal with them. And sometimes even when I'm talking about them online, it doesn't mean I know how to deal with them. It doesn't even mean I have dealt with them. Yeah. <laughs> I've gone to therapy. <laughs> Yeah. So you are in therapy? Yeah. How do you like it? I'm loving it. Okay. It's it I mean, I cry nearly every time. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I get nervous going still. Every time I get nervous. Um but it has been such such a weight off my shoulders and also so eye opening. So I've discovered a lot of things about myself. Um and oh, it's just a way to learn why you are the way you are and learn techniques and almost not to blame yourself. Like, it's just like, it's fine. Let's, let's move forward, how we can work through this. So mm-hmm. it's been really good. So we were just talking off air and Rose just opened up to me that she has recently been diagnosed with ADHD. So I'm going to laugh. <laughs> how, how does it feel to have the diagnosis? I like actually, so raw and actually cried when it, it all came out. And I think I cried in relief. Mm. He actually asked me, he said, how do you feel now that you know this? And when he said that, I couldn't get any words out, which is unusual, Um, and I cried. It felt relieving to know that the way I have struggled in the past, a lot of my anxiety issues have been stemmed from the way 
from what I have from having ADHD and not knowing how to cope with it and thinking that I'm not normal and that I'm unproductive and it also leads for me because women are diagnosed so differently. Okay. So and it, it, it often doesn't crop up for us. We can go undetected for years. So like I'm 38 years old. I had no idea. I even I didn't even think that I could be. I'm like, oh, I'm not hyperactive. I was a good kid. I got good grades. I'm been successful in my life. I'm very clean and organized. But um, women also present differently. So I'm very busy in my mind. My head does not switch off. I cannot relax. I can't stop thinking about stuff. I'll get up at like, you know, 3 a.m. in the morning and like start writing something just to get it out of my brain. Um, The reason I organize and have such a clean house is because I, it's a way I regulate. I, I need to see something that's, um, if I, I like doing it as well. So if I love doing something, I can do it. I can finish the task. Um, If I find it boring, I'll procrastinate and try to mop the floors like that's why I got (laughs) and also women are really good at masking we mask things really well and we learn to be the good girl Mm. it's impolite see I use my hands a lot it's not just because I'm Italian it's also (laughs) because I, I fidget and so I used to be hyper aware of that. It used to embarrass me and I used to hold on to my knee. And it's also why I used to like pick my fingers so that I wasn't doing something so large. Um, and it's just all of those things. It was just super relieving to know what it was. And now I can move forward and sort of work with how do I regulate? How do I feel better? And also knowing that it's okay to do things different. I still get the same result, but my path is not linear like others are. And I used to beat myself up for that. I used to be so hard on myself. I still am. I'm still struggling with not being hard on myself. And it also, for me, it presents as perfectionism. Okay, interesting. I've never heard that before. So, yeah, a lot of um, women can um, have this level of perfectionism but have ADHD. So they're striving for it because there's other things in their life that they don't know how to control. So, and also if I love it, I'm going to try to be perfect at that because that's one thing I'm really good at, Mm. you know, and there's things like I've held myself back from. So I haven't gone and studied further and I haven't gone and done this because I'm so scared that I won't be able to finish or I won't be able to concentrate, but I never knew why. Wow. That must be a revelation. It was huge for me. And that's why even just starting your journey on not necessarily you don't even have to do traditional therapy if you start with you know I don't know what it is for you meditation or yoga or you know getting a a life coach or speaking to a friend that's really going to listen talking to your GP that's all been a path to get to therapy and from therapy I've had this diagnosis and honestly it's been life-changing already how many days ago did you get diagnosed? I got diagnosed a couple of weeks ago. Wow. So it's fresh. It's very fresh. And you haven't even told like your socials or anything? No. So this is the first time I've publicly um, spoken about it. Thank you. Um, yeah. Well, I love you. You're love you very too. open and honest and um, it's a safe space. Mm-hmm. And this is I, – I do practice what I preach. I think it's important to be open and honest and that you're – vulnerability is not 
something to be ashamed of. It's actually mm. a superpower. So as soon as you get vulnerable with people, you're going to open yourself up. You're going to allow yourself to heal, but you're also going to attract the right people mm-hmm. into your life because you're being your true self. Thank you for being so open and honest and vulnerable in this chat. Can I ask oh, <laughs> Can I ask if people are feeling like they might have ADHD or be on the spectrum at, at any point, what is the right way to go about looking into getting diagnosed? Like where would they start, for example? Honestly, yeah, you've got to start at your GP. Yep. Um, they give you referral to – and they might even give you, I think you're eligible for six uh, subsidised sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another thing is I know that's not always affordable for everybody, but if you can and it's, you know, in your means, definitely start at your GP, get your sessions, have some therapy done, mm-hmm. and then you can go from there. They'll, they'll lead you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for being so honest about that. I want to go into relationships <laughs> so you've been married to your husband Craig for is it eighteen years? Yeah. Oh, we've been together eighteen years. Yeah. Wow. So how long have you been married for? We've been married for indies fifteen, so fourteen years. Mm-hmm. My God. And <laughs> he isn't in the public eye. No. He appears on your Instagram a lot. Yeah. Like you have a very couple goals relationship, but he's not in the public eye. He's like my partner, like the ball behind the scenes. Yeah. Which is suits their personality yeah what does he think about instagram and like navigating this journey with you craig well (laughs) craig um only probably got facebook and instagram like maybe three or four years ago so he really really? yeah so i've had it for all these years and he's just i've just been doing my thing and he's like ah she's just scrolling on the internet whatever yeah um he he jumps on because it's a lot of fun most of the time. So I'll do a little script or a skit and I'll be like, hey, do you want to do this with me? And he's like, oh, what do I have to do? <laughs> he, because he's not so in into social media and he's not like, he doesn't truly understand it. He does it a little bit more now. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, he just found it fun. Okay. Yeah. And it was also a way to show a side of Craig that is truly him. Because I think when you put your partner on, you know, on like you try to get a photo with them for God's sakes, mm. they're like awkward. So doing these fun little skits and things like that showed off a side of his personality that is truly us as well. And we end up having a really good time. Because doesn't he have like a super serious like corporate job? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Craig has like, this is this is who Craig is, his other side of Craig. He is in super corporate job in WA. He's yeah. very high senior management uh, manager and um, he doesn't get a time to just be goofy Craig. So, yeah, he um, he understands Instagram for my side of things too. He's really supportive um, and you need that and he doesn't take it too seriously. He mm-hmm. really doesn't. Mm-hmm. I love that. I want to ask as well, because you do a lot of funny couples reels, a lot of people would look up to you too and think your couple goals. Like, and we've even talked about it in our own friendship group. One of our friends said, oh, I wish my husband did that with me kind of thing. Like, and in a long-term relationship, there is seasons. Do you still find that like being in such a long-term relationship that you do, 
is there still times of like seasonal Absolutely. like ups and downs? Absolutely. Because I'm only two years into my relationship oh. and we've had like Get ready, baby seasons. girl. Get ready. <laughs> Get ready for the roller coaster that is being in a long-term relationship. Um, mate, as long as there's love yes. and there's friendship. Yes. So you know what? It's okay to be besties. We're you know, best friends, yeah. You know when people say, oh, he's my best friend. It's not like your best girlfriend or best bestie. Like that's a completely different thing. But you do have to be really good mates mm-hmm. because – Is that the secret to your marriage? Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't want to be friends in the weird way that you're just friends, but you do – You want to have sex with them pretty Yeah, much. you still want to be having sex. <laughs> you're, you're still lovers. You're besties <laughs> with benefits, mate. But um, – It's a benefit. It's exactly right. But – Look, lust fades. So that first falling in love, like overwhelming, can't wait, get tink like tickles in your pants from kissing them. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's going to fade, bitches. Like mm-hmm. I hate to break it to you. So what you're left with is what's important. Um, we've been together a long time, definitely seasons. Like we had kids, and I remember that mainly after we had Indy, which is our first daughter, it was. I crashed and burned, like my body changed. I was bigger than I ever was. I had, um, I was on maternity leave. I've worked full time. I was in sport. All of a sudden, all gone. Craig worked away. I didn't want, uh, everything changed for us. In that first year after she was born, our relationship was so far removed from what it was. I was scared for him. I was scared for me. I was scared being a (laughs) mum. And yeah, definitely seasons, but you do come out of it and I kind of get I used to be embarrassed to say that like I still am madly in love with him and I love him more than I've more than I did when I first met him really yeah and I used to be embarrassed about it because I was embarrassed to say that our relationship is okay it's almost like the opposite taboo like if you have a good relationship you can't talk about it yeah. But if you have a if you have a shit one or you're having problems, you can. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay to talk about both sides. We do not have a perfect marriage by any stretch of the imagination, but that's fine. Like, it's manageable. It's good. We have our ups and downs. We argue, but we have a lot of fun. And it is important to still put effort in. It's important. Like, how, you do- how like with effort? How do you keep the spark alive? I'm asking for a friend. I'm just asking for myself. <laughs> A lot of I get embarrassed saying, "Oh, I've been with my partner two years," but we still we have seasons already. Like, cause we moved in after three months, mate. So I'm just like, I know him like the back of my hand, exactly. So like, for the future, how do I keep the spark alive? The spark alive, <laughs> toys. <laughs> no, yep, tried that. <laughs> it's not just that. Okay. It's it's about just being okay with the mundane. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking about Instagram. I think we look at people's lives from the other side of the fucking fence. Like we're looking yes. over the fence and go, their backyard's so nice. I want to pull. Their grass looks greener. The grass always looks it greener until does. you get there. It's really and not. you know what? The grass is greener where you water it. Yeah. So um, sometimes, hey, sometimes some relationships are shit. Just get the hell out of there, you know? Yeah, and you know deep down if it is. Absolutely. But you also know deep down if it's healthy if for it's, you. If it's worth it. Um, if you want to be in a long-term relationship, like, I think you just, you do have to work. You do have to 
set time aside. So me and Craig have always had date nights once oh, a week. Really? Every week. Oh, you know, obviously life happens. There's going to be weeks that we don't do it, but yep. we miss it. So there'll either be like movie night. So Friday night is a no cook night. Doesn't matter for oh. how long. We don't cook on a Friday. I clean. I love the house being perfectly clean on a Friday <laughs> and we don't cook and we do movies. I love that. With the kids and us and we sit down and we chill. Showers um, are a thing that we do. This is so oh, weird. so nice. It was so gross at first. I was like, oh, he wants to shower with me all the time. <laughs> what man doesn't want to shower with Yeah, but all the time. He would just be like, are you having a shower? Can and I I'd, jump in? Yeah, he'd be like, why don't you wait for me? And I'd be like, what is going on? Eventually, when he would have a shower with like out me, I'd be like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> I actually missed shower it. envy. <laughs> so now that we've got such a busy household, it became a time to it's like ten minutes to true. be together. That's very true. So and we've got four kids, so we lock all the doors, and we literally have a shower, and we're chatting, and we have a hug. I'm That's not even intimate. kidding. Every yeah. night. Um, and it's just a quick download where no one else is like busting our chops or wanting something. Well, they are. They're usually knocking on the door or whatever. But I kid you not, <laughs> it's 10 minutes of your day mm. that you just get that time together. And it's it's not a lot, but it's just enough. And like sometimes this happened actually the, the other week and I was saying to a girlfriend, oh, I was so angry that Craig didn't get up for one of the kids. And I was like, I was in my bed. She was screaming. He heard. I know he didn't kind of want to get up because he was so tired. <laughs> and I was tired and I was seething in my bed. I was like sitting. As we do. I was laying there like, get up. I was like, I don't want to get up either. Anyway, I had had this full mini argument in my head with him <laughs> over two minutes. Ended up and calmed myself down. Have you ever had a fight with your partner where you have had a fight with them and they haven't come home and you've also forgiven them and they've come home and nothing and you don't even have a fight because you've had the full fight with them in your head? No, never. <laughs> oh, my God. I've had them a million times. Like I have a full <laughs> argument and then I'm like, no, nah, he's fine. Like, <laughs> like, that's what happened in two minutes. And I, I thought to myself, if we were dating, I don't know why this popped into my head, and I thought if we were still dating, would I have just gotten up? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yep. If I was yep. dating and I was like those first few months or those first year that we were together, would I have just gone out and put the bin out? Interesting. So it's the effort aspect. It is. It's mm -hmm. like, hold on. It's different if they're lazy, if they're a lazy son of a bitch. It's different. Yeah, but different. he's not. So I went up. I got I got Esme, calmed her down, patted her, came back. He was like, oh, thanks so much. He goes, I was absolutely exhausted. Like he even thanked me. And I was like, mm. we just avoided a whole argument because I was about to start one <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. of the fact that I just, I just did it. I went, you know what? It, it's not a big deal. I just literally sat down. It wasn't like I'd half, I'd already half fallen asleep like he had. It's the same with like the few dishes in the sink. Mm -hmm. If they're not done out of like, if nothing of that is usually done out of spite. Mm. I'm just going to do them. But I could have started an argument. So sometimes things like that, like. Just going back and going, you know what? I, it's not a big deal. Like pick your fights. Pick your pick your battles, mate. Pick I, your battles. I'm learning that. I mean, I'm only 27. Yeah. So you I'm got, still. I've got 10 years on you. I know. I need to learn. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, just pick your battles and make sure the ones that you really want to win are worth. <laughs> 
I, mean, I always what? win. What do you mean? Happy work, happy life. Like Craig's a chill dude and I'm a hyper and yeah. he balances – He it's communication too. Like I've had to explain a lot of things. Like, I used to assume he knew what I was thinking. Like most women, we, we just look at them and like, don't you know? They don't. They no, don't. they don't think the same. Once, and I've learned yeah. – I grew up with men as well. So my mum was always like, Annalise, you have to train them. And I thought, I'm not going to train a guy. And then Tyler walked in. <laughs> You, you and I love him and he's so good. But I'm like, babe, pick your towel up off the floor. And <laughs> they're not like, things. they don't see it as a big deal. No, they don't. It's, and we it's don't not malicious. What, yeah, and we don't see what they see as a big deal. Yeah. Like when he goes out of his way to pick me up or when he goes out of his way to do, like, bring me dinner. I would yeah. never do that for him. Oh, I would. <laughs> no, oh. you wouldn't. <laughs> you wouldn't. No, no I'm, I'm the would. same. I'm the same. <laughs> I'm like... There's certain things that, <laughs> there's certain things that I just absolutely wouldn't do for him that he would do for me, and, and they it's get sort of so like offended. they yeah. do. <laughs> uh, whoops, no. And the, the, they just assume that we get it, and we don't. And I, I love the balance of the masculinity and the femininity, but we're exactly the same. Exactly. Yeah, and like Craig said to me once, <laughs> after we had like resolved an argument, he goes, "You know what? If you're not fine, don't say that you are." <laughs> And he goes, and if you're not, he goes, if you want me to stay with you, even though you're angry, tell me. He's like, if you want something, just tell me. And I was like, oh, my God, why is that? So, so even now when I'm angry and that's taken training in me, when I'm really angry sometimes and I'm like, I don't want you to leave me. I want you to hug me, but I don't want you to talk to me. <laughs> and he's like, oh, my God, what is going on? But okay, thank you. Or yeah. You know, for my birthday this year, I actually want that bag, that exact bag in green and blah, blah, blah. It's stuff like that. It's not about the present. It's like if you want something and you want the exact one, instead of just throwing hints and they buy you a vacuum cleaner, just say, that's what I want. Yep. (laughs) And you know what? They're pretty good like that. Oh, they are. They're very straight to the point. If she wants something, she'll have that exact thing or she'll choke her fit. No, trust me. I, Tyler's bought me my whole handbag collection so he knows the drill. Um, <laughs> yeah. Go, Tyler. So now I want to talk about your life right now. I want to ask what do you do to shut off from work and social media and what do you do for self-care? Oh, I struggle to shut off because mm-hmm. I think – And I'll be honest here, like, I think if you are working in the online space, um, the lines get crossed. That work is, you do almost have to be on a lot. So work is, and sharing, I'm sharing my life to like a degree. And the way that I share is like the honest and the raw, what I've done today and blah, blah, blah. Um, So at first it was hard. So shutting off is like, just literally, I do lose my phone a lot, which helps. Because um, I forget where it is. ADHD, there you go. Um, I'm like, always wonder why. Um, I leave my phone somewhere else. So I might go and sit on the couch with Craig and I'll leave the phone plugged in in the room. I'm not taking it to that space or um, charging it outside of the room. So I've got to switch off that way. I don't even want to see it. Um, making time for myself. So like gym, um, it sounds really silly, but my gym appointments are appointments. So if I go to the gym every day after a drop-off from the school run, I don't book anything else around it. Mm. I started making appointments for myself that I have to keep because if I don't, 
I'd easily fit extra work in or I'll do something else. And Mm. that takes away my self-care. So self-care, I would say, I go hang out with my friends. I go grab a coffee. I love getting a takeaway coffee. Oh, really? What do you love about it? I just love good coffee. And then I think I like the act of going out of the house to go get it, to try something. And I'm a coffee snob and I enjoy it. So it's actually, I enjoy coffee. It's like a leisurely. It's leisurely. It's an act. It is an act of (laughs) self-care and leisure. I love walking. I love being by the ocean. I do that for me. And I do that for like my, to calm my body down. I find the ocean just really calming. um, And it helps with my anxiety. So yeah, they're the sort of things I do. Spend a bit of time with the kids, not at a park because that raises my level of anxiety. That is not self-care <laughs> for me. I'm sorry. But I will spend time with the kids doing stuff that we find fun together mm-hmm. as a fam. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, going to the beach together or, you know, I might I, I like playing Play-Doh. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Play-Doh's great. How I love the ta- Twitter version. Don't talk to me back <laughs> You're like trauma. Results. Yeah, I've got trauma from my from Tato. She ate glitter. She's exploded glitter. She's pooped out glitter. Glitter everywhere, <sighs> everywhere. <laughs> um, do you have any personal goals in the next few years for yourself? Like just Rose, the oh. person, not the brand. Rose, the person. I suppose. Wow. I suppose I, and that's hard to do, to think about just for me. Mm. I suppose I. I don't often just think about me that's why I asked <laughs> thanks <Anne. laughs> putting me on the spot <laughs> for me I would say there's like a huge I've still got a lot of fitness goals for myself mm. coming from being really fit I actually miss that part of myself I love being outside and running and that sense of competitiveness um, within myself so definitely want to get back into full running probably do a half marathon or a full marathon in the next couple of years Um, for me, I suppose I still want to like, my personal goal still want to be a part of that brand that is me. Mm -hmm. I still want to like, I want to help as many people and as many women feel empowered as I possibly can Mm -hmm. and just keep going along that and feel like they can open up and talk and just be authentically them. That means huge amounts to me. Mm -hmm. It, it fulfills me. It gives me like drive, like. Sounds so like cliche, doesn't it? But it really does. Like I love what I do. Mm. So, and I've got four daughters. So I want to see them growing up in a world that is, you know, a lot nicer and a lot more equal for them. I think you do a great job of that. Do you have any last advice for people logging onto social media and comparing themselves to other people? Shit. Don't. No, <laughs> it's easier said than done, isn't it? Because we all do it. I do it sometimes as well. I do it too. Far out. Like, mm-hmm. wouldn't we be lying? Wouldn't we not be human? Um, do a social media detox. Clear mm. out anyone that honestly continuously makes you feel crap. Just put them on mute. It's It'd be funny to say like, oh, don't get on social media. It's a part of our lives. We're spending hours and hours a day on it. Like, even if you think you're not, you're consuming all the time now. We've got no choice. This is the way of the world. So, like, protect your space, protect your mental health. Um, like, you don't compare your life to someone else's because you're only seeing a snippet of it. 
they're not showing you everything. They're not showing you when they're having a shit day. They're often not showing you the back of that Instagram house where they've shot and it's got like, you know, they've just pushed all the dirt to the side and they're just showing you that beautiful space with their four kids. <laughs> you know, like I love having a clean house too. Um, and most of the time, if I want to show you a room, I'm not going to leave it like a jungle. So a lot of it's not real. Even like photo shoots I've been in, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. I am a plus size model when I'm modeling. I'm often get like chosen for campaigns being like that I'm a mom. I've had, you know, my body looks a little bit different. People will like that. But my body will still look so different in the final images than the way I do in real life. I'll still look smoother. My skin will still look more glowy. The clothes will look brighter. I mean, I definitely love those images, but it's actually still not me. And I'm pretty honest online. So don't compare yourself. Like we don't even look like we look like online. Mm. So yeah, it, it, it's not good for your mental health. It's not good for your heart and soul, trust me. And it's only holding you back. So follow people that you trust that you feel like always make you feel good you're happy to see them unfollow shit unfollow like things that don't look real get off the diet culture wagon it's fine to lose weight it's fine to be healthy but if they're preaching crap in your ear like there's so much isn't there like when Mm -hmm. we're talking anyone that's selling you something has another agenda take care of yourself that's important that's such a great way to finish the podcast Rose, thank you for coming on Seriously. Thanks for having me. I absolutely loved it. You've been an amazing guest and I really appreciate you for coming on. Appreciate you too. Thank you so much. I love what you're doing with this. Oh, yay. (laughs) That's it for this week, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Seriously and we'll see you next week for another interview. Have a great week. Bye.